0: Good morning, morning. Antioch. It is good to be with you again today. We are praising God for the sunshine and for um, all the ways that he has been showing up in our lives um, and for bringing us together today. Can we pray? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Pray, Lord, God, that you would have your way. God, our thoughts, soften our hearts, cause us to know your will, your purpose, your plan, and that which you would have us to do and be in this world. And in all things, Lord, get the glory unto yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke tells a story, shares with us of um, an uh, encounter that happened as Jesus and his followers were coming near a city called Jericho. And we find this account in uh, Luke's 18th chapter, 35 to 43, and it also shows up in Mark, but we're going to read um, from that in Um, start there and connect that to this theme of loving. So he writes, and it came, it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then those who went before the crowd warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded That the man be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I might have my sight. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Then Jesus said to him, well, I'm sorry, and immediately he received his sight and followed him, followed Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. So here was a man begging by the side of the road. And in our um, society today, I don't know, maybe if so much in the town of Bend, but in many places around our nation, there are people still in a rich country begging by the side of the road. And this particular man, we find out from Mark, that his name was Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus had a... Disability, a physical disability. He was blind. Now remember, there was no American Disability Act at this time, right? Um, Life was hard if you had any type of physical challenge. There were no paved roads. There were no stop signs to control the mules and the carriages and the crowds um, as he tried to cross the road. When he went to the marketplace, if he went to the marketplace to get food, there was no nice motorized cart for him to ride around and shop with. It appears that maybe perhaps he had no family. No one to provide food for him. So he was left to beg in the street for coins. In an economy that was centered on farming and fishing and other manual labor trades, it would have been hard for him to get work. No father would have been looking to give his daughter's hand in marriage to him, for how would he take care of her? He likely therefore had no children to care for him as he aged. He perhaps was a target for thieves and for robbers, Despised and abused or ignored by the wealthy and the royals, rejected by the leaders of the temple, an assumed sinner deserving of his fate. And there was no hope that anything would change. but recently there had been a buzz in town. People were talking about something, about someone, this man named Jesus from some town called Nazareth. People were excited and, and chattering and There were voices around Bartimaeus that were calling out to each other and he could perhaps hear feet shuffling and notice that the crowd was getting larger near where he sat by the road and eventually Bartimaeus feels that energy and he's getting pushed about maybe and he asks someone, what is going on? And someone says, Jesus of Nazareth, he's coming. Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Jesus of Nazareth, the one who's been healing people. I've heard about him, I've heard people talking about strange, miraculous things. People who had not walked or walking, people who had not heard were hearing. People were having their dead raised to life again. Hungry people who went to hear him came back with stories of being fed till they were full. Crowds by the thousands were gathering in far off places to hear this man. And maybe Bartimaeus begins to imagine the possibility of a different life for him. Do you ever remember a time when perhaps you were in a place where it just seemed like everything was hard? Everything was a challenge, And as far as you could see, this is just the way it is and the way it will always be. And what if in that space, you hear a rumor that there is one who could change everything. And that one was now where you were, in your town, in your place. In fact, that one was on your street coming down the road right now. Faith, perhaps, was ignited in Bartimaeus. Hope was near. And so he summons his courage and he raises his voice and he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those leading the crowd turn and rebuke him and say, be quiet. But he doesn't be quiet. The scripture says he yells all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, he's not deterred because of their response to him. He is used to being ignored, he is used to being bossed around, he is used to being rendered invisible. He is used to having to yell to be heard or seen to get his basic needs met. So he yelled all the more. He was not deterred because they said, be quiet. There are people who are yelling in the streets and they keep showing up and they keep showing up. And sometimes the rest of us are like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing about that. I'm so tired of hearing about them. But they need to be heard and they are not going to be rendered invisible. And they are crying out in the streets. Jesus Son of David, have mercy on us. It's interesting, the response of these people. Um, They are obviously in the crowd looking out for Jesus themselves. They are obviously excited and trying to get to him. him or to get a good place where they can see or to hear what is going on, they're there for a reason. They are literally Jesus' followers, like literally following him around. Can they not see this man's need and why he would be calling out? They had heard of Jesus' ability to heal. They heard about his miracles. But why would they tell a blind man who is begging to be quiet? Why silence him? Perhaps they see him as undeserving, as unimportant. Someone important is coming. You be quiet. He doesn't have time to deal with you. He's not going to be bothered with the likes of you. They were following Jesus, leading the crowd, wanting to be associated with him, but they did not know him. They did not know that Jesus came. For Bartimaeus. And what was the blind man's request? It was son of David. Have mercy on me. It's interesting that it wasn't. Son of David feed me. Because I'm poor and I'm hungry. It wasn't Jesus. I need housing. It wasn't. Help me. I need healing. His cry was for mercy. And what is mercy? It is compassion and forbearance towards an offender, it is the use of discretionary power to pardon. This is what he was asking for. Mercy is us not getting what we deserve. He wasn't saying I should have this, but he was saying I'm asking for it anyway. What if the people who held signs on the ramps of the exit ramps of the interstate or on the corners in our downtown streets or that we pass, signs scrawled on cardboard. What if they didn't say, I need food or would you help me? What if they said instead, mercy? Acknowledging maybe, I don't deserve it. Maybe I am all that you think I am. But have mercy on me. What if that was the sign that you were passing? How would, how would we respond? John says, now by this we know that we know him. This is how we know that we know. If we keep his commandments. He who says, "I know him" and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. That's what John said. I didn't say that. I'm just just relaying his he said. He said, "You're a liar." You're a liar and the truth is not in you. But whoever keeps his word, truly, the love of God is perfected in him. And by this, by this love coming to maturity in us, this is how we know that we know him. Because a lot of us know about him, like the people in the crowd that were following him. We've heard about him. We've heard about what he's done. We've heard about um, his name and where he came from. We heard the story. But it's not the same as knowing him. And so John says, if you want to know whether or not you really know him, this is how you know. Are you keeping his command? Are you keeping his command as a lifestyle? Are we loving? He that says he abides in him ought to walk just as he walked or live. Just as he lived. And how did he live? How did Jesus live? How does Jesus respond to blind men who are begging by the side of the road? How did he live? He stopped. He stopped going where he was going, doing what he was doing. He stopped, the scripture says. And he says to his disciples, he says to those of us who are claiming to follow him, bring him to me. Bring him to me. Now we may want to say, look, we sent out flyers and we told the people that where we were going to be. We put a web page up. We paid good money for good fonts and graphics. It is, there's no excuse. They know where we are. They can come here. Jesus says, bring them to me. Bring them to me. I just want to pause, and, and I like as a reading scripture to stop and to ask, Who, where am I in the story? Where are you in the story? Often we want to be like these outside observers you know like a bird in a tree or something that if we were there we would be the nameless faceless anonymous observer in the crowd silent like we didn't do anything we didn't have a part where are we in the story but in reality are we sometimes the religious leaders Whispers talking about the man's sin and was it his parents or why did he deserve it? And if you know, why don't they, why doesn't Rome do something about these beggars that keep being out here annoying us while we're trying to do our good work? Are we the disciples who are just clueless often? hanging out with Jesus all the time, hanging on his every word, and yet often still not knowing what is going on again and again? Or are we ourselves beggars? Acknowledging our need. And have we made a decision to call out to him? Jesus continuously aligns himself with the least of these. With a woman at, at a well. With a woman caught in adultery. With Zacchaeus, a rich guy who has betrayed his people and his faith for wealth and power and success. with a Canaanite foreigner woman who asked for the crumbs from his table. Jesus says, bring them to me. Bring the ones that you don't think deserve it. Bring the ones that you don't think should be there. Bring them to me. Jesus asks when the man is brought to him, what would you have me to do for you? I've been a few times in prayer and I've been praying and I don't know if anybody else has had this experience. I'm praying and I'm maybe just troubled about some things and heart is burdened and Say, Lord, help, I don't know what to do. And and in the middle, he cuts me off and says, what is it you want me to do? What is it you want, Donna? And all of a sudden, that's a hard question. See, we sometimes are really comfortable with just whining to God. You know, like, oh, God, it's just hard. I just need you to help me. Uh, Just please. Oh, God. Or just bless. You know, just bless these people. Just bless. Just bless. And And there's this problem, and there's that problem, and there's this problem. And sometimes God stops and says, what is it you want me to do? What is it you want from me? So here's this man who's been sitting here calling out. And he has an audience with the king. And he asks, what is it you want me to do? Whatever the situation is in your life this morning, the thing that is most concerning you, Jesus is asking, what is it you want me to do? You have been talking about it. You've been crying about it. You've been complaining about it. You've been wringing your hands. You've been lying awake at night, but you have not yet said, what is it you want me to do? Because I am Lord of heaven and earth and I can do all things. No man stays my hand. What is it you want me to do? I am the creator of the ends of the earth. There is none like me. None came before me. There will never be a time when I am not. What is it you want me to do? I am all powerful, all knowing. What is it you want me to do? I am the sovereign God. What is it you want me to do? Bartimaeus has this moment. And he says, I want to receive my sight. It is important that we know what it is we really need. Bartimaeus didn't ask about, uh, I want some food, you know, because it's hard for me to get food, you know, it's hard to get to the marketplace. Or I need a job so that I can make the food. Um, I, I, I need help with getting some employment. I need housing because it's hard for me to get somewhere to live. Though all of those things were probably felt needs. That's not what he asked for. And often we are spending our time asking for those kinds of things. But the thing that was under all of that was that Bartimaeus was blind. That was the core problem. He was blind. And so when he has this one chance, this one opportunity, standing before perhaps the one person he has ever met and will ever meet in his life who can do something, he is not wasting time on surface Conditions. He is asking about his root cause, his core problem Lord, that I might receive my sight. What is the core problem that you're really concerned about? Are we praying about symptoms? Have we acknowledged our real condition that perhaps we too are blind that we are we are in sin or sinners and what is sin other than it has been dis- explained as missing the mark and it makes sense that we would miss the mark if we can't see. It's hard to hit a bullseye blindfolded. We can't see it. We don't know where the mark is. We don't know which way to go. We don't know what to do. We keep trying to hit the mark to go the right way, but we can't see it. Apart from Christ, we are all beggars by the road, shooting arrows in the dark. And Jesus Jesus is asking, what is it you want me to do? Bartimaeus says, I'd like to receive my sight. But for Jesus, it's not complicated. He can heal. He wants to save. It is not his will that any should perish he responds and he says receive your sight your faith has made you well and immediately Bartimaeus can see why why out of all of these people did Jesus stop for Bartimaeus, And why is his request that is granted? He was just a blind beggar, an outcast, a no one. To most people, he was an annoyance. But he acknowledged who Jesus was. When he cried out, son of David, he named him in that way. As the Messiah. The one for whom they had waited. The one for whom they had been seeking. He acknowledged who he was. That he was who who he himself was. That he was a sinner in need of mercy. He was aware of his blindness. And so in that faith and in that truth... He called out, and Jesus said, That's not a problem. Jesus' followers, we have a lot to learn from the beggars of the world. Those that we step over, those that we push aside. Perhaps we are sent to the widows and the orphans and the sick and the imprisoned and the refugees and the immigrants, not so much for them. Perhaps we are sent to them for us, for what we need to learn from them. Has not God chosen the poor in this world rich in faith? Perhaps we are sent to the blind so that we might discover who it is we're really following. John said, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commands, is a liar. What is his command? What is all of the scripture summed up to be? That you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that you got you have. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. His command is to love the least of these his command is to respond in love to the difficult his command is to respond in love to the one we do not understand Say, I don't understand how you can think that I don't understand how you can believe that what how where how do you land where you land and yet God says yep and I want you to love that person Not a a fuzzy feeling hallmark kind of love. Active, deliberate, persistent, go after you kind of love, the way Jesus loves us. His command is that we love the one with whom we disagree. Surely, God disagrees with us on a few things. <laughs> and yet, he is persistent. He is relentless in his love for us. By doing this, by living this, we get to know who, We are following. In the very process of my decision and my um, commitment to loving you, something happens in me. Something happens that opens my eyes to better understand who God is. Something happens for us when we choose to obey God by loving others. By this, we get to know who we are following. By this, we know that we are in Him. The blind and the poor, the homeless, the abandoned, the difficult, even when the difficult person is in our family. God is sending us. God is commanding us. Go and get them and love them. When you don't feel like it. When it's not easy. Because in doing so, you're going to get to know me. There is no shortcut. There is no way around it. Otherwise, we are just people in a crowd. Yelling about a man that we do not know. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that it fall on good ground. And where I have fallen short, Lord, that you would fill in and supply. I pray, Lord God, that you would perfect your love in us. As we are yielding ourselves more and more to you, that you would be glorified and that the world may know that you have come. For it's in the name of your Son that we do pray. Amen.